Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Freire, and I'm here to help you find, retain, and develop entrepreneurial leaders within your organization so that you can have a thriving business. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I have Justin with me. He is the founder and lead recruiter of the Bechtel Recruiting Group. Did I say that right? Good to go. I should have asked you beforehand. Good. Good to go. All right. Uh, Justin, your career began in the medical field with a specialization in orthopedics and pediatrics, but then you actually shifted into recruiting and talent acquisition. You've used those skills that you've acquired with patients to now connect with high quality applicants for roles in many different industries. You're a husband and a father first, but also love growing your company with a people first leadership style. You've done a lot, man. That's a crazy spectrum from pediatrics to recruiting. Yeah. Tell us in quick 20 seconds, what led you to that, that, that path? 20 seconds is tough. Um, <laughs> all right. 30 seconds, 30 works. Um, so, so, uh, I, I got my, uh, I got my undergrad in biology, which is more of a key to, yeah. to a graduate degree. Um, and then got my doctorate, um, in physical therapy. And a lot of my specialization was pediatric special needs, which is interesting. Um, and actually you, you and I actually didn't even haven't chatted about this in the past, but uh, you learn to communicate on a new level because most, uh, yeah. most special needs uh, kids that I worked with are nonverbal. So you learn a lot of like mm. body language, stuff like that. Uh, so that was from left field. But um, just as I was thinking about it, it came to mind. So uh, at the end, as I was transitioning in, a couple sort of so crazy uh, life events came in and I got offered a, a job at a, at a consulting firm. And that took me into uh, recruiting and understanding the business side of things. And then again, out of the blue, about two years later, uh, the opportunity came up for me to, to start my own recruiting firm. And so with all those skills and and um, that background I'd learned in that consulting uh, sphere, I jumped into my own company and uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been it's been a roller coaster, but all good roller coaster. It's, it's been it's been fantastic. And uh, yeah, that, that's how we're here. That's awesome. And because of that roller coaster, you've actually um, grown in, in this expertise. And the topic that we're going to talk about is leading your team with emotional intelligence. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about recruiting. What are some problems you see with recruiting firms and how can a prospective entrepreneur prepare for that yeah. when it comes to either being hired or them hiring others? Yeah. So so with recruiting, um, just like sales or any, any commission-based uh, role, um, well, no, let, let me go farther back, actually. So recruiting, you got two sides. You got in-house recruiting, which means uh, uh, Ken has a 100-person firm. He comes to me and goes, look, I want you to run all my recruiting in-house. So you hire me directly, and I'm your in-house recruiter. That's not going to be really commission-based. That's going to be base salary. But then you're going to have your agency recruiters, like myself, who are only paid um, under sort of two conditions. One is like a retained search, which means you come to me and go, look, we'll give you this up front, and you'll find the guy eventually. Um, but the other, and this is more typical, retained isn't as often, um, is commission-based. So I'm, I'm working on a, uh, on, a, on a success fee. Like I have to succeed in order to be paid. And anytime there's that, which is in sales, which is in commission-based uh, uh, commission roles, um, people are trying to make money. And so same in recruiting. Uh, sometimes uh, by mistake, you can want the money more than you want the quality business. And anytime money becomes yeah. the, the major factor, I, I think you start losing, losing a lot of things. So 
if you're talking sort of the problems, I think that becomes the problem. Money first, not people first. Um, mm. Unless you serve some benefit to me, then why should we have extended you know, contact? If, a, if an applicant goes through an interview process and they're rejected, I just don't really have time to get back to you. And that's not right. Um, and, and it sort of is, it's selfish. And again, everyone's crazy busy and recruiters are crazy busy. So I realize it's not always with any kind of bad intent, but I think a lot of times that happens. So, um, I, I guess the two, two areas that, that recruiting seems to be missing is, is candidates are just ghosted because they're, you know, if they're not valuable to me, then who cares? And secondly, when, when money comes first, um, the quality just starts going down. I'm just more looking to get as many people in front of you as I can. instead of really getting the right person in front of you. Yeah. So how can people transition from money first to people first, right? Because that, that's the big thing. A lot of them sometimes are just focused money, 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 profit, business, grow. Well, how do we transition from that to being about people? That's hard. That's really hard. Um, I think it's a bigger issue than just like a professional thing. I think it's got to be like an introspective yeah. individual kind of thing where you, uh, you sort of sit down and, and say, look, m money can't come first. Unless you have a bigger, yeah. so my faith is is my my sort of where I key in on. Uh, so my faith has has been a major driver for me in that where money just it, it'll come, but it's not my driver. You know, uh, yeah. I'm doing right by others and, and treating others the way that I would want to be treated if I were the applicant has to be my driver, right? Um, so uh, I guess. I don't think there's any like one, two, three step, like, Hey, read this book by, you know, so-and-so and you'll be changed at the end of the book. I don't think that really happens. Um, I think it's more of a, a, a individual thing and, and definitely doesn't happen overnight because money is a huge driver, of course. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that so many times when, when I'm starting a business, you want to be about people, but the money is important, right? Cause you're trying to feed your people, your family or yourself. And, and many times it's not even like, Hey, I'm trying to live a lavish life, lifestyle. You're like, I'm just trying to make ends meet. I'm trying to pay my other, my, my employees. Yeah. So I, sometimes that money feels like it's for people, Yeah. but I have found that sometimes we also can abuse that. Right. So I appreciate that. Once you actually hire someone, you find a good fit for an individual. That's when actually the work starts, mm -hmm. right? The recruiting part can be easier, but doing the job is the hard part. And you believe that it, it's important for leaders to lead with emotional intelligence so that they can retain their people. Before we jump into that concept, what is emotional intelligence? That's a good question. Uh, to me, so I guess we have to like frame it in understanding IQ first. So just intelligence, yeah, okay. so we can break it down. Um, IQ means you're smart. You get it. And there's a lot of different IQs that we can talk about, you know, yeah. mathematical or, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, word comprehension or reading comprehension kind of thing. So IQ has a, a lot of ways it, it demonstrates itself. Uh, when you're talking emotional intelligence, I think one of the things that stands out to me right away is the ability to read others. Um, you, mm. we all know that person who you start a conversation and you're done in about 90 seconds and they just don't see that. And so 20 minutes later, you're still standing there and they're still telling you about whatever they're telling you about. And yeah. everyone else in the room gets it. And that one person's like, no, like they, they just don't see it. So I think that's a portion of emotional intelligence of being able to, to read. Um, and, and there's, there's levels, right? There's the, the sort of like the person who just doesn't get it at all and, and doesn't see when a conversation is done. That's tough. Um, and, and all yeah. of us have probably been there at some point, right? We all probably get, oh, yeah. get, uh, sort of immersed in our, whatever we're doing and, and forget that. Then there's, then there's the, the majority, right? That middle point, um, of that bell curve that's going to have 
the, the average where I see if someone's sad, I see if someone's exceptionally happy and you see those extremes. But then I think the, the, the real sort of leaders in EQ are that top like five, 10% who walk into a room and as you're talking with someone, you're just picking up the little things. You know what I mean? When they mention something like, hey, you know, my daughter was sick last week and you heard it eight days ago, emotional intelligence asks that person about their daughter six days later. It's yeah. emotional intelligence. Mm. You can't attribute that to IQ. There's no IQ that goes into that. Yeah. Um, so for me, emotional intelligence is looking at others and seeing others and, and being more active in, in others' lives, especially those you lead. I think that's, to me, that's that's major emotional intelligence of, of, of seeing others, reading others, understanding how to be there for others. Yeah. Justin, you gave a, a good example of, of what that 5%, 10% looks for. What are some other little things that they should be looking for? to grow in that emotional intelligence, mm. intelligence. Um, maybe this goes back to that, that money concept again, but sometimes the business line shouldn't be the bottom line. Sometimes we make it that way. We walk in and Hey, we're not yeah. meeting numbers. And so because of that pressure on us, we lose everyone around us. It's just, are we meeting numbers and how can we get there? It's not, Hey, you've worked 16 hours the last three days in order to hit this. I don't see that. I only see that we're not where we're supposed yeah. to be. So you, you completely miss your team's effort because the bottom line isn't met. Um, and, and of course, again, there's caveats to all of these things. So, um, yeah. you know, if someone's getting pressure from, it's funny, I remember back to the medical field, like we'd get pressured. Are you seeing patients? But like they're getting pressure from, from director level. You know what I mean? Our managers on us, but they're above them and investors are above them. And so um, I, I think, I think it's a, it's a bigger conversation, but I think emotional intelligence sees bigger than just the business bottom line. Yeah. So, so when it comes to emotional intelligence, right, how can leaders actually lead with emotional intelligence? You know, say an entrepreneur is listening to this or on any other leaders listening to this and they're like, I want to lead with emotional intelligence. What does that look like on a day-to-day -day life? Huh. I think you're walking into your office every morning. Um, and the individuals you lead are top of mind. You know, um, I think emotional intelligence, again, sees individual right next to business plan. I think it will, I, I think emotional intelligence um, sees likes and dislikes. Um, you see these companies, um, you know them well. Um, I'm for, I'm for, uh, Sweetfish, Sweetfish podcast, yeah. right? Uh, I saw one of their posts that was like, hey, whoever wins the fantasy football league will send them to any playoff game of their choice. That's emotional intelligence. That doesn't make sense yeah. from just a business bottom line. You know, some people would be like, well, no, in the end it does. But unless you have emotional intelligence, you don't see that. Someone who has zero yeah. emotional side of things is like, why would I send someone to a, that, that's spending money out of our account, right? That's hugely, that's yeah. hugely emotional in understanding like, you know, we're going to get together 10 people, 12 people, 14 people out of a, out of a company of, let's say, 75. What good does that do? Again, it just builds that camaraderie. Um, so I think emotional intelligence leads by building culture. I think emotional intelligence builds by by seeing people. I think it goes out of their way to get somebody a coffee because you heard they liked this kind of coffee last week. Um, and what people don't realize is that does build bottom line. That's how a business is yeah. built. That's why someone gets up two hours early and comes to the office because they know they're going to make their boss look good because their boss remembers them. So, yeah. No, I, I love that, man. If you take care of your people, they're going to take care of you, right? They're going to take care of your business. And, and that concept is, is great. I, 
going back to Sweetfish, right? Sweetfish Media. All of a sudden, we're doing a promotion for them. <laughs> uh, I have great friends there. Uh, the president or the CEO, James Carberry, fantastic individual. And the stuff that him and, and his direct, director of HR or CEO, I'm not sure exactly who does it. They've come up with some great ways to, to bless their team. Yeah. You know, you mentioned one. I know another another thing that they've done is they said for paternity leave, you have up to three months for paternity leave. And I'm just like, what? I I, had, I was shocked. I'm like, hey, can I go work there? But that's just one of them. They have so many other incentives that they're doing for, for their people just to retain them. And we're trying to keep them and we're trying to bless them. And because at the end of the day, they're like, hey, I know if we trust in the people and and, and empower the people and take care of them, they're going to take care of the business, yeah. right? So that that's high emotional intelligence. And I would say for James, if you ever listen to this, a huge shout out, you have massive emotional intelligence. <laughs> so so that being said, man, people who are listening to this, you gave ways leaders can lead, but what are some initial baby steps they can take to start leading this way? You know, someone who's leading, some someone who might be watching this might be thinking, I think I'm pretty good at emotional intelligence, but the reality is I'm just an average person. I'm in the average bell curve. I want to get to the five ten percent. What are those baby steps that you can start taking? Yeah. Um, so like everything, and, and you know all the studies that say, you know, if you do this a certain amount of days, it, it starts becoming habitual and, and things like that. So I think there's something to be said for habit, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. I think establishing, no matter how good you are, if you look at these great leaders, um, they're disciplined in their approach to things. So while emotional intelligence is something less objective and more subjective, like how are you going to, how are you going to measure emotional intelligence? We have, we have IQ tests, you know, like you're walking into a room like, okay, so which leader is most emotionally intelligent? Are we going to do a, a form? You know, um, I think it starts with, with patterning and that initial yeah. baby step is looking outside of me. What do mm -hmm. I care about? Halt it. Like put that on pause. What does my team need? And we've been programmed yeah. so many times to be like, what do I need today? What do I want today? But the moment you go, yeah. what do they need? What do they want? It just flips everything on its head. And I think leading with that emotional intelligence means I walk into a room, not consumed with myself, but exceptionally interested in what they need. Um, you know, how, how is my kid doing? How is their kid doing? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. a, a recession hit this year or is coming. I wonder how they're feeling about that. Not just how am I feeling about that? How is my bank statement looking? How is my 401k functioning? It's it's a bigger it's a bigger sort of looking at others. And so I think the baby step, like that initial first step outside of comfort zone is intentionality to take the eyes off of me and start looking at my team and others. Yeah, that's really good, man. And, and I think that's the hardest part, right? Because our whole culture has talked about what's in it for me. You go anywhere, you buy it. What are the benefits and value for me? And to stop and say, hey, I'm going to think about others yeah. is huge, yeah. right? So so that being said, with that others aspect, what have you seen? And we've talked a little bit about it in these, but like what are some benefits when you start thinking about other people? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Um, one thing that I've seen, and, and, and so this goes back to, to, I think, like an EQ that's developed is um, I'm exceptionally grateful with each of my clients almost to the point of nauseam, like, dude, stop saying thank you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. but my direct, my direct leads or my direct points of contact, I'm very, very thankful to them. Like, Hey, I really appreciate you. I just want you to know that like you gave me, you gave us an opportunity and I just really want to thank you for that. I don't think we realize how much that affects people and how much they're like, wow. So this company is serving me 
and yet they're thanking me for the opportunity. I think I want to work with that person again. And again, so I think yeah. the the big lie is the more I think about myself, the better I'll do. No, the more I think yeah. of others, the better I'll do. You're investing, you're sowing seeds into others, which which give you a harvest. Like you're not gonna like sit around and be like, oh man, I invested into others. What a sucky day. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. As I give to others, it comes back. And not just from a just an emotional standpoint or 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 um, you know, a, a feel-good moment, but on a business-wise. You're telling me that if they're working four people yeah. and one guy's exceptionally thankful for their business and goes out of their way uh, to serve them with a high quality and, and grateful attitude, they're not going to come back to you. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. So yeah. I think it's a major sowing, yeah. not only on an emotional aspect, but from a business point of view. That's so good, man. You remind me of a moment when I used to live in New York City mm -hmm. and I was just having a really rough day. I was trying to find a location in, in, in Manhattan. I couldn't find it. I'm asking a bunch of people and they were all just rude and, and cutthroat. And they didn't give me any time of day. And I remember just being so flustered. I found a Panera bread just to go get something to eat. And they're like, what would you like to eat? And I asked them my order and, and the, the cashier noticed that I was frustrated. And she's like, are you frustrated right now? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I've had a long day. And I just started like verbally vomiting to her. Sure. I've never done that ever to people, sure. especially a cashier. And she's like, I am so sorry. Hey, would you like the smoothie? And she just gave me a smoothie on the house and I almost cried. I'm like, who are you right now? What just happened? Ever since then, I've been a huge fan of Panera Bread. I was just there like, it is. Uh, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay. You're, she was like the angel or the shining light of New York City at that moment. Someone showed compassion and showed high emotional mm. intelligence, right? In the midst of everyone showing like what you said, exceptional she was showing exceptional leadership yeah. right exceptional amount of thankfulness when i wasn't receiving that so that was a huge blessing man and kudos to you that you're doing that with your team and i mean do, Justin, do like a four dollar smoothie like a four yeah so and and my wife is always like should we do panera i'm like absolutely <laughs> i never stop him like oh i don't know right like i have that positive mindset i'm like hey i remember this girl she helped me yeah. out right so i'm gonna link panera to this maybe i'll get another free smoothie <laughs> that's good uh Justin, man, with that being said, I, by the way, I just started thinking about myself. I wasn't even thinking about anybody else. Look at that. I need to work on my emotional intelligence. Uh, first step. Justin, any last words for our people as they're thinking about leading their team with emotional intelligence? What would you say to them? Uh, I, I think like anything, uh, riding a bike, you don't start the first day. Like you, you fall. Yeah. I think sometimes we're like, man, I want to be an emotionally intelligent leader. I want to be a leader that thinks of others. I want to build my team. And then we fall off the bike and you're frustrated one day and you forget about your team, get back on the bike. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's yeah. not, you're not an absolute failure. You know, all, all of us are going to think about ourselves. Like if we think some of us are angels, yeah, we're going to have a major uh, reality check eventually. So I think with emotional intelligence, it's, it's a walk. It's a, it's a, it's a progression, right? It's riding a bike. And then uh, once it starts, I think it becomes a lot more natural. And again, I do not think you will find more successful teams than teams led by someone who is exceptionally emotional intelligent. You just won't. Hmm. That's so good, man. Justin, what's the best way to reach you if someone was like, I really want to get to know more about uh, emotional intelligence or need help finding a, a good job with a highly emotionally intelligent leader? That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn's great. Uh, shoot me a message. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm pretty committed to getting back to anybody who, who reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the easiest way to hit me up. And, uh, and I'm always up for a phone call with you know any young entrepreneurs or in this case, entrepreneurs, right? Um, would love to yeah. sort of be a, a resource for anyone traveling this road. And like you and I talked about, like this is a, 
this is a scary road to start something new and to, so for anyone yeah. in that kind of road, I mean, goodness, uh, would love to chat with just about anybody. Absolutely, man. And on LinkedIn, they can reach out Justin Bechtel. It's B E C H T E L. Perfect. Correct. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right, man. Well, with that, we are out. Thank you so much, Justin, for being a part of the podcast. Definitely. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you like this podcast, leave a five-star review and share this episode with someone who will benefit from it. Until next time.